you got your Bibles there, open up Deuteronomy 8. I just want to talk very quickly about covenant. Because covenant is cool. When you understand covenant, you understand who you are, what you've got, and it don't matter. I'd like to add on to what Dale said that on top of that, Ben um, playing soccer, his fees last year were 1100 bucks for him to play for the season, which is really expensive for sport. Like I think I paid about 150 for football before that. So, but It's because he's playing the high level. And uh, so we've been waiting for this bill, waiting for this bill because he starts playing in two weeks. And, and so he re- re- rings the club and says, look, I've got to be registered. If I'm not registered, I can't play because he's not covered by insurance. And so the club sent an email the next day going, you know what, we're not charging fees this year. Click on this link, you're registered. So we worked out that's about $10,000 we've saved in two days. I'm good. That's Jesus, isn't it? Rebukes the devourer. See, pays to be a tither, pays to be a giver, pays to walk in faith, pays to step into heaven, pays to know your covenant. So let me tell you about your covenant because it's really cool. Do you understand what covenant is? Covenant is a blood agreement. You know the whole blood brothers, you know, cut a bit of your wrist and touch the blood to each other, they used to do. Whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it used to be a, a pact that you made. It actually comes from cultures like um, the American Indians and so on, where they would make an agreement with each other. And they would seal it by shedding their blood with each other. You know, I think in my day growing up, you spat on your hand and shook hands. <laughs> Disgusting habit. But what it was saying was, here is an agreement that cannot be broken. And to become a blood brother was basically what's mine becomes yours and what's yours becomes mine. And my family and my power and my authority becomes yours and your family and your authority and your power becomes mine. All right? And my problem becomes your problem and your problem becomes my problem. Does that make sense? So if I have someone decide they're going to come and beat the heck out of me, I can call on you and you will come with your whole family, with every friend you've got, and protect me. That's it. We're good. Especially going through some of the nationalities we cover and, you know, that whole agreement. We're good. Yeah, we'll send the boys around. <clears throat> Sorry. Clean my throat. Um. But that's what covenant means. All right? And it means it's unbreakable. And actually, if you go into covenant, if... If you needed me and I did not meet that need when I could meet it and broke the covenant, then the punishment was I died. That's how serious the covenant is. All right? If you have a need in your covenant because of the agreement and I didn't meet it and I could, then my punishment is death. You have the right to kill me for failing to meet that covenant. Now, we have a Bible, right? Everyone's got their Bible? Hold it up. 
No. Lots of phones. Phones are cool, but there's something about having, having the word in your hand. I've got to say to you, it makes it easy to underline and make notes. Yeah, it ha- it is. you are what you said you are. You have what it says you have. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Osteen, yes. All the Osteen sitting around. And it's true. And that's what covenant is. Now, your Bible has two covenants in it. We call them testaments. But the word testament means covenant. Same word. Right? Because covenant is an agreement. A testament is an agreement. When do you deal with a testament? When someone dies, their last will and testament. Right? So it amplifies their will and their covenant. It is their agreement upon death as to what shall happen with their estate. All right? Now, somebody died in the Bible that was significant. Who was that? Oh, that's right, Jesus. Right? And when he died, we went from one covenant, one testament, to another testament, another agreement. That's why we have the old, which is prior to Jesus dying. Although that really gets sticky, doesn't it? Because Revelation says that he was slain before the foundation of the world. All right. But then you get to the end of the Old Testament and you hit these things called the Gospels. And in the Gospels, Jesus dies, right? So when he died, just like everybody else, what happens? His testament comes into effect, doesn't it? His last will and testament comes into effect, which is the New Testament or the New Covenant. Does that make sense? This is theology, sorry, doctrine 101 this is. What we teach in doctrine, yeah? Old Testament, New Testament studies. So you need to think of the Bible in that way. That if someone you knew died and you knew they left you something in, that, in their will and you knew it was something you really wanted, would you go and read that document? Would you go to the reading of the will? Or would you go, ah, oh, it doesn't matter? No, you'd go. You want to read it for yourself. You want someone to read it to you. Why? Because you want to know that it happened. You want to know that you've got that thing you desire, you know. Maybe they've got this really fantastic Mustang, you know, classic sitting there. And you go, man, I just want to get my hand on that Mustang. And they die and you know your favourite uncle and they've left you the Mustang in their will. You go, yes. I miss my uncle, but yes, you know. (laughs) You'd go and hear the reading of the will, wouldn't you? Just in case someone tries to steal from you what's in that will. So we need to think of the Bible in that term. This is the will of God. God will not contradict his word because he and his word are one. This is his will and testament. It is his covenant agreement with us and we have an old covenant which is pretty cool but then in Jesus we also have a new covenant and we live under the new covenant 
under the New Testament, under the new agreement. And so it's vitally important that you read it. Because if you don't read it, you don't know what you've got. Does that make sense? You see, you can't make a stand. You can sit here and you can declare, God, I'm believing for this, believing this, but the devil's going to come and he's going to try and steal from your will. He's going to try and take what is rightfully yours. Because, see, he was once in the family. And then he betrayed the family. <clears throat> Sorry, throat. <laughs> and so he got kicked out of the family. He got taken out of the will. Well, actually, he didn't get taken out of the will. He got a specific part of the will. You get to burn for all eternity in hell. And so his aim is to try and steal from the family. So when there's a will reading, he'll turn up to see who's supposed to have what, and then he will come and try and steal from you. Because John 10.10 describes him as a thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You see, the devil has nothing of his own. When he got thrown out of heaven, he got nothing. So all he has is what he can steal from you. That's his whole plan in life, is to deceive you and lie to you and mislead you and get you to give up what is rightfully yours. And if you don't know what's yours, he's going to take it. If you're not reading the word, if you're not reading the testament, the will, if it's not a part of you, he will take what is yours. That's how he works. So standing here and declaring is awesome, but you've got to back it up with word. You know, when Dale and I went to the courts over this unjust debt that she talked about, we went with the word. We said, God, give us a word for this situation. And he gave us a word, and it's sorted. They cancelled the debt. I mean, to give you a context to cancel this debt, they had to change the manager of that area we're talking about and the CEO of the organisation. That's how much change happened in that company for this to happen. God will go to lengths to fulfil his word. But if you don't know his word and you can't stand on his word, then the devil will steal from you and we'd still be paying that debt off. Because that's what the devil comes through, to steal, to kill and to destroy. So I thought we'd have a quick look at what's in your covenant, shall we? Shall we start with the old covenant? Because that still applies. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. Yeah? So let's read there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is what he said to the Israelites as they're wandering into the promised land. He said, this is, what, this is what I've got for you. This is your covenant right. We'll go from verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. What is it? It's good. Yep, it's a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. 
a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack, which means you will not lack anything. Or you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you may dig copper. I like this. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which is given you. Don't forget God, he goes on to say. He says, verse 12, Otherwise you've eaten and full and have built and occupied good houses. Your herds and your flocks multiply. Your silver and your gold multiply. And all you have multiplies. And then he gives a warning. When everything's going well, don't forget God. Because verse 18 says, But you must remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to get wealth. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So that he what may establish his what? His covenant, which he swore to your fathers today. God has a covenant. This is the Old Testament covenant. So the Old Testament covenant was that God has given you the ability, and the word power actually fits in there. Take that word ability and break it down. It is the power and the ability to get wealth. So God's covenant in the Old Testament with his people was wealth. And if you go through that list, that's a pretty comprehensive list. That sort of covers everything, doesn't it? you got all that stuff happening for you. There's not really a lot of need. And we can go through other parts where he talks about, I'm the Lord who heals. My covenant with you is health. I mean, these guys wandered through the desert for 40 years and their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. They walked in health and strength. There was no sickness There was no feeble among them. In fact, Moses, when it came time for Moses to die, God had to take him because he was so healthy. He says he had no problem with his eyesight, he could hear fine. He was 120, wasn't he? And God went, time for you to die. But he didn't get all sick in his bed. I'm going to die now. God had to take him because he wouldn't die. He was so healthy. That's the old covenant. I'll get excited later. Come on, really. (laughs) Oh, yes, that's lovely. This is the covenant agreement you have. That you're thinking, I want a house. Don't just ask for a house. Ask for the house that's in the Bible. Yeah? Yeah? that has beautiful surroundings, fountains and springs, brooks of water, plants growing, being fruitful, no scarcity in which you lack nothing. And what more, there's wealth in the soil. Because God has given you the ability and the power to get wealth. So think about it. If you were wealthy, how would that change your life? How would that change the situation? Would things be better? Go to Hebrews. I feel like there is no enthusiasm at all. You're just sitting there smiling at me. 
You blame the chair. See, even the chair's a blessing, you know. I get this, I get this call out of the blue from this, this lady who I did some work for ages ago, this organisation. And she says, can you come and, and do a one-day thing with us? And I said, yeah, sure. And these guys pay good money because I charge them good money. And they came back again, so they must have liked it. I sat there as an event and hosted this event for them in which they prepared everything. And can I, this is seriously what I did. Okay, for the next half hour, you're going to get in your groups and you're going to work on these two points. And they went in their groups and the next half hour and I read a book. And after 25-odd minutes, you know, five-minute warning, and then they came back together and I said, okay, tell me what you've got. And they told me all the areas and they discussed that for another half an hour. I said, great, for the next half hour, you're going to take these two points and go through them and do the same process. So they did for the next half hour. And this was my day. At the end of the day, I bought a new lounge suite. At the end of the day, they collated all the information and they took all the information away and they're preparing it into whatever they want to do with it. And I had money to buy a new lounge suite. See, that's the blessing and favour of God. He adds no toil to it. It says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth, Proverbs. And he adds no toil to it. I was bored. I read some stuff. Vegged out. They got lunch for me. Morning and afternoon tea. This is what God will do. When you know the covenant and you walk in the covenant. Yeah, God, a new lounge suite. This lady rings up. That's how he works. So that was the old covenant. That's pretty boring, isn't it? Pretty boring covenant, yeah? You happy with that covenant? It gets better. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8. Now, Hebrews 8 talks about Jesus being our high priest. You see, you don't need a priest to take you into heaven with God. You can go there yourself because Jesus is your high priest. We've got to get that. You don't need me to talk to God. You can talk to God. You can hang out with God and guess what? He'll talk to you. All right. So let me read to you from chapter 8. Verse 6, I'm going to shorten this down because I want to go a couple of other things quickly. This is talking about Jesus and about Moses having the old covenant. The old covenant was under given to Moses, all right? So this is taking that on. Oops, come back. It says in verse 6, But now he, being God, has a, Jesus, has attained a more excellent ministry because he, he is the mediator. What's a mediator? He's the person that goes between. So like if you were going to, you know, my wonderful great uncle died or something and left me something in his will, he would appoint someone as the executor of his will and they're called the mediator. And their job is if there's a contestation, so if someone contests the will, then they mediate to sort out the problem. And if they can't, then it goes to court. All right? That's what a mediator does. They sort out any issues with the will. All right? So it says... 
that we, that Jesus is the mediator. So he's the guy sorting out what? A better covenant. Which was established on better promises. Now, do you have a problem with the old promises? They were pretty cool, I thought. But we're under a new covenant, which is actually better than the old covenant. I don't know how you get better, but somewhere in there is better. Probably the better comes from the point that to stay in the old covenant, they had to come and bring their, their sacrifices and you know, slaughter their lambs and their, their, their sheep and their doves and their cows and everything else and had to go through this whole ritual and, and everything else. Whereas the better covenant is we can just step into heaven Amen. and walk with Jesus. But when you get a better covenant, it takes everything that was in the old covenant... And improves it. So if there's something you need in the old covenant, you still get that. But you get the upgraded version. Yeah? It's, it, what's better than that is wealth from blessing. With no effort, nothing that does you at all. It's just, it's like, it's like Ben, Ben's thing, you know. I mean, there's an $1,100 bill, probably higher because, you know, inflation works that way. All right? You know, I mean, we're, we're praying over this unjust debt and God goes, let me add blessing. Yeah. Amen. Woo-hoo! Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a strawberry on top as well. <laughs> you can have your cake and you can eat it too and it's going to keep multiplying. You know? It's Naomi's fault. <laughs> but that is, that's it. It's a great question. How does it get better? It means it doesn't actually come from your effort at all. It comes from blessing. So you got blessed with that and then he gave you a... And then he went, let me just take care of a few other things while I'm dealing with this. Because that's how God works. Blessing. So we're in a new covenant, which, hey, look, if you're happy with what's in the old covenant, then go believe in for that because that's a pretty good life. But we can walk in the new covenant that when you go there, God's going to go, let me take you higher and above yeah. that. Woo-hoo! Yeah? yeah? Hebrews chapter 10. Take it easy. Wait, 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 wait for the... All right. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. This is a better covenant. That you can walk into the holy place. See, back then in the old covenant, they may have had the good stuff, but they couldn't come and stand in the presence of God. Unless God came to meet them. But you, in all confidence, can enter... The most holy place. You can enter the throne room of heaven by the blood of Jesus right now. By a new living way that he has opened for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. So we go in through Jesus. 
And since we have a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. I like that. Full assurance. No doubt, no room for anything else but full assurance. Not because you're an awesome person, but because Jesus is. It's nothing to do with you. We have to get that in our head. It's nothing. See, in the old covenant, it was about you. You had to go and bring the sacrifice and go through the, the ritual. And, and we think, oh, the ritual was horrible. The ritual they went through. I mean, if you were a woman and it was your time of the month, you had to leave town. You had to go and sit outside the camp. It's like, I just want to go and lay in my own bed. Nope, you go and lay outside the camp till you're purified and cleansed. If you got a sore or something like that, you had to go outside the camp. So when you're feeling at your worst, you're kicked out. But under the new covenant, you can walk into the throne room of God. You receive his forgiveness. Not because of anything you've done, but because you receive it. Having a heart sprinkled to cleanse him from, all, any, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This is where the declaration comes in. This is where you have to stand. That under the new covenant, you need to stand for what is yours and what is written there. If you're going, I like the idea of having a new house. I like the idea of having a new car. I like the idea of having money in the bank. I like the idea that I don't have to do toil. Now, God made us to work, so I'm not saying quit your job, all right? I've had someone do that. Cool, I can resign and sit on my butt all day and be a lazy slob. No. <laughs> God, God made you for a purpose. And what he's saying is, I will fund you to do your purpose. So if you're in the wrong job, you need to sort that out with God. And walk according to your faith. But he says he will fund you into what he has for you. He will take care of you. He'll look after the houses, the cars, the money. Your job is to do his will. And to carry out his part. So you've got a part of the covenant too. He takes all the bad stuff, you get all the good stuff. But your job is to bring heaven on earth. That's our job. You know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just a nice little part of a prayer. It's actually our purpose. To bring heaven on earth. That's our covenant agreement that we will surrender our lives to him and do his will. Part of the way we do that is by declaring. So he says here, declare. He who promised. So hold firmly, hold the profession of your faith. Profession means the words that you speak. So if you are believing for a new house, then speak it. God has a new home for me, and I'm receiving it now in Jesus' name. God's got that new car for me, and I'm receiving it in Jesus' name. God's taken care of all my debts. All my debts are cancelled. God says so. Jeremy Ann says that. Read the message. It's really nice. 
All debts are cancelled. God says so. That's the message translation. It's really cool, isn't it? Because that's what Jubilee is. And we're always in Jubilee because Jesus bought permanent Jubilee. It's not every 50 years. It's every day. You've got to do that profession. But you've got to base it on the Word of God. And if you don't know what the Word of God is, then you can't profess. You can't make a stand for what is rightly yours in the covenant. That's why you need to be reading the Word and speaking the Word. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 says. So basically, let me summarize this into one thing. What I'm saying to you is, if you want to deal with issues, don't deal with them down here. Deal with them where the covenant is written in heaven. It's really easy. This is how we dealt with the debt. It's an easy way to do it. What you do is you sit down and you say, God, show me from your word what deals, where in your word it deals with my situation. You get a word to stand on. And then you, I mark it in my Bible, I write it out. And then you go into the courts of heaven. How do you go in the courts of heaven? Just close your eyes and say, Jesus, if anything in me that's not right, then I deal with that and I plead the blood of Jesus over it. You deal with your stuff. Get it out of your life. Don't stay there. Too many people stay there and spend hours going over the sin. You don't have to go over the sin because his blood went over it already. So deal with it. Confess your sin. He says that. He'll sprinkle you clean so you're good. And then when you're in the right place, go into the courts of heaven and say, Father, I come into your courts. I come before your throne now with this situation and I bring the situation and I bring it on this word. And you can take that to him. And then let God lead you from there. And if you're saying, I don't know how that works, do it. You'll find out. And you know what you're allowed to do? You're allowed to make mistakes. Isn't that awesome? That's how you learn. You see, we're spending so much time living down here when we should be living up there. You should be so heavenly minded that you are earthly good. We spend so much time living under the circumstances, living under our debt, living under pressure, living under what the world says it is because we listen to what the world says it is. We've become this comfortable Christian thing. I've seen it so much this week, it's just like, oh, I just want to lash out at something sometimes. The comfortable Christian, the powerless Christian. I'm not saying here, I've seen it, it's in other places I've been. The compromised Christian where it's, it's all about, oh, right now. It's all about all oh, my life. It's all about powerlessness. Whereas God is saying, I've made you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. And that's in the old covenant. We are under a better covenant. I don't know how you get better than that, but apparently you do. Let's find out. And you're supposed to take authority. Now, when you take authority, it will stir up the enemy. Because it's like, you know, you, you ever looked at water and it looks all nice and pure? And then you put your foot in it and discover that on the bottom is all this muck. You've got to stir the muck up. 
to get it flowing out because you get a, you know, a river flowing through and the muck can sit on the bottom. So you stir it up to get rid of it. So when you start to stand for what God has for you and you start to declare, you're going to stir up the muck. Don't be distracted by that. Let it flow away. You've got to stand. Ephesians says, we've done everything else. Stand. Because it's with faith and patience. It took us three years over that debt. You're going, man, it took you three years. I'd rather have it done in three years and gone than still sitting there. See, it's with faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. Faith and patience. And patience is not passive. It's not sitting back going, it'll happen sometime. Patience is I'm standing on the word of God and this thing's happening. I'm standing on the word of God and this thing's happened. Don't put a time limit on it. It's got to happen by this time. No, you just stand in faith and patience and say, this is what God's word says, that's it. And when all the storms come and all the horror comes, you just go, this is what God's word says, that's it. Don't start talking the devil's word. You've got to talk the word of God. By profession it comes. So by what you say. So if you start saying the opposite, then that's what happens. You've got to start saying what God's word says and nothing else. When it looks impossible, you say the word of God. When it hurts like hell, you say the word of God. When it seems like there's no way through, you say the word of God and stop looking at the details. Because the saying the devil is in the details is true. You see, when you start to look in the details, you go from up in heaven and you start to get down here and you start to work out how it should happen. And then you start to see how it can't happen and you start to... The devil is in the details because he will use the details to steal your faith. You know, when I'm sitting there and I'm faced with this CEO and this manager of this organisation and they're both going, no, there is no way they're going to deal with this. I'm sitting there and I'm going, I don't know how this can happen. So I've got a choice. Either I come under and I just pay that little debt off little by bit. Because see, I was actually paying as little as I could because there was no interest on it. So I said, I'll pay you this much. And they went, okay. So we did, as little as we could. And I could have gone uh, and paid that for the next five years, which is what it would have taken. Or I could have gone, no. And so we stood, and we stood in the Word of God. What did God do? He removed that manager, and he removed the CEO. And they both got fired. I mean, he removed them. They both got fired. And he put a new manager in and he put a new CEO in. And they went, this is unjust. And it's gone. You see, you can't get into the detail. Because my detail is going, oh, they should do this and this. And then you start praying the detail. And you get lost. Because that's where the devil is. He will get you focusing on the details and oh, how this. Oh, you need to focus on what you want to see happen. I don't care how it happens. I just want the debt gone. You need a new house? Don't try and work it out. God's got it. Amen. 
you don't know what he's got happening out there. And you get caught up in the detail, you're going to mess their plans. You see, because when you speak, it says angels respond to what you say and they go to work. And if you start talking different, they get confused. And they go, we don't know what to do now. Because you're trying to manipulate. It doesn't work like that. You're in the family. You've got the Godfather. That's a good one, isn't it? So let the Godfather deal with the details. Yeah? There's a book in that. The Godfather. Sorry. But let the Godfather deal with the details. Because you've got a covenant with him. You're in his testament. And Jesus has already died and risen again, so because he's died, the testament comes into effect. So the last will and testament has been done, and you have the blessing. You just need to stand up and declare what your testament is. God, I thank you. I am healed and whole in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that I have everything I need, that all my needs are met according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that the Lord is my shepherd and so I have no wants. So everything, I delight in the Lord and so he grants the desires of my heart. I'm a winner, not a loser. I am a success and not a failure. That's all Bible. Every one of those is Bible. I'm blessed when I go in and I'm blessed when I come out. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the country. Wealth and riches are in my house. The Lord teaches me to prosper and leads me in the way I should go. So I know how to move forward. Don't speak the opposite. How does that all work? It doesn't matter how it all works. That's the Godfather's problem. Your job is to walk in it. To believe it. And when the worry comes and the stress comes, you just roll it back onto him. And speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Now it's really easy on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Not so easy on a Monday morning. You see, the power of putting the word of God in and listening to the word of God and to preachers that preach this stuff and so on and to constantly putting that in is it goes like this. You see, you go up and then you come down a little bit. But then you go up. And you come down a little bit. And as long as you keep putting it in, that's why he says further down there, don't neglect meeting together because it's how you encourage each other. Because you do go down a little bit on Monday. So you've got to feed it back in there and go back up. And it might come down a little bit and you've got to feed it back up. You've got to keep going up because faith comes by hearing, not by heard. It comes by hearing. It's an active thing. You have to be hearing and hearing and hearing to build your faith. Because you have an awesome covenant, it's time to stand in the covenant. And when you've done everything else, to stand. And not speak, oh this, oh that, but speak the covenant. This is my agreement. This is a legal document. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. 
because it's a legal document in the highest court there is. And it's higher than any earthly court. Yeah? It will. It'll override any judgment. So stand in it. You see, as you start to stand in it, you're going to find your influence grows. And it grows. And it grows. And pretty soon you'll be doing things that you never thought you could possibly do. Because as you deal with that area, God then opens up another area. And your faith builds in that area. Another area. And your faith builds in that area. And suddenly you're a world changer. Yeah? Yeah. Stand in your covenant. Because it's good. You're with the Godfather.